Hello, welcome to the Lift Podcast. My name is Angela Withers, and today we're going to be talking about the spiritual principles behind our successful goal-setting formula that we share in our program. So one of the ways that we can become successful in setting goals and more importantly, accomplishing those goals is to follow God's method. And if you think about the way that God created this world, God began with this grand vision. He knew that he wanted an entire world with the solar system, everything, this this entire solar system, but everything had to be in place to be able to sustain this earth that we live on. We had to have the sun and the orbits and the moon and everything. And once all of that was in place, once he had this vision, then he could go about creating it. But he had a purpose for this vision. And the purpose was to have a place, create a place where his spirit children could go and dwell. And the reason he wanted a place for them to go and dwell is because when we were created by him, our spirits, we truly were spirit bodies and we needed physical bodies because that would bring us a step closer to becoming like him. But he also knew that if we had an earth whereon we could dwell, we would have an opportunity on a much smaller scale to learn how to be a creator like him. We would have a body that we would have stewardship over. We would have land. We would have a home. We would have our health. We would have our, our talents. And we would have all of these smaller, much more small, much smaller than what he is, what he works with. But we would have these smaller stewardships that we would be able to create with. And we could create order with them. Or we could allow chaos to ensue with all of those stewardships that we have. But there was a purpose behind what he wanted to create. So first of all, if we identify what we want to create, what the grand vision is, and what the purpose is behind it. So first of all, I want you to stop and recognize that you truly are a spirit child of a divine being. That's incredible. And as his spiritual offspring, you have the capacity to become as he is. That's huge. That's huge. That right there should be a purpose for all of us to want to take everything we have stewardship over and put it in order and create with it and create something that produces and grows and is fruitful and will flourish. So that is how God begins his process of successful goal setting is that he first identifies the purpose that he has, and the grand vision that will allow his purposes to move forward. Next, this is where goals come in. So the grand vision is the big accomplishment, the big achievement, the very thing that will allow us to become what we desire to become. And then we have miniature goals that are stepping stones or milestones that one by one will bring us a step closer to actually accomplishing that grand vision. So this is really important because when we put a goal in its correct place, then it can become a tool for us. It's no longer the master and we're the servant. We are actually gonna take that goal and recognize that it's a stepping stone 
that we can use, a tool that can be a servant for us, that can allow us to become what we're capable of becoming and get one step closer and one step closer and one step closer. Each individual goal is a tool, is a servant, something that we use. We are not working toward goals. Goals should be working for us. And when we begin to recognize what they are to be used for and how we're to use them and we put them in the proper place, we no longer feel like they are the ones that are nagging at us. We recognize that goal right there can be a tool that can get me a step closer to becoming what I desire to become. That goal right there can be a tool that I can use that will allow me to become a step closer to taking all of the stewardships that I've been given and creating order with them and making them flourish and making them grow and making them fruitful, making them successful. So in order for us to follow God's example of how to create and really bring to pass this grand vision, any grand vision that we have, we have to start by following his method. And his method, if we read in the Pearl of Great Price in Moses chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, it says, And now behold, I say unto you that these are the generations of the heaven and of the earth, when they were created in the day that I, the Lord God, made the heaven and the earth. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For I, the Lord God, created all things of which I have spoken spiritually before they were naturally upon the face of the earth. So what's interesting is that God's method is to create things spiritually. And we know, which actually this exact same verse continues to go on and says, For I, the Lord God, had not caused it to rain upon the face of the earth. And I, the Lord God, had created all the children of men, and not yet a man to till the ground. For in heaven created I them. So we were created in a heavenly realm. And it continues to say, and there was not yet flesh upon the earth. And obviously we know the rest of the story that he placed Adam and Eve on the earth and gave them stewardship over it and their posterity, which is where we are today now. So if God creates things first spiritually and then creates them physically, it would make sense for us to follow his methods as his children who have the capacity to grow up and to become like him. We can follow his methods. So if we have a grand vision that we want to accomplish and we have all of these individual goals that will get us there one step at a time, get us closer to this grand vision, then we can start by spiritually creating whatever it is that we desire to create. Whatever this grand vision is, we spiritually create it first. So then you say, okay, how do you spiritually create something? And one of the things that I think is really interesting is that our mind, our mind belongs to our intelligence and our intelligence has existed for eternity. God created spiritual bodies to house our intelligence. But the thing that the mind was capable of is the mind is capable of taking in or the intelligence is capable of taking in information and processing it or taking in light and processing it and either holding on to that light or letting go of that light and we are still in that same boat where we have this intelligence and all the time we have information coming in and it can be information that is good and that we decide yes this is true this is right this is inspiring this is uplifting this is edifying I want to hang on to this or it could be information that is a little bit confusing, or it could be information that's negative. And we get to choose if we want to hang on 
to the negative stuff, we get to choose if we want to hang on to the confusing stuff or if we want to hang on to the positive stuff. And the reality is all of us are holding on to a little bit of everything. So once we had this spirit in connection with our intelligence, we were capable of far more. We were able to process information and just like we were before and hang on to that information or let go of that information. Once we had the spirit body, then we were capable of not only taking in the information like our intelligence was from the beginning, but we were able to then feel an emotion that came along with that. Our mind or our intelligence takes in the information, but our spirit feels. It feels that information. It feels what is coming with that information, the emotion. That's when we started being able to really feel emotion. So when, so when you see someone who is not emotionally healthy, it is their spirit that is in need, need of help. And often it can be tied back to information that their mind or their intelligence brought in and took in and hung on to that was not correct. And thus the spirit is holding on to something, the emotion that was tied to that idea or tied to that belief or tied to that information. And the spirit is then feeling that emotion. And then we know that the next step was to receive a physical body. And then the physical body will then show symptoms, which comes through sickness or disease or stress. So going back to this idea that I'm presenting to you, that if we want to be successful in accomplishing our grand vision, whatever that grand vision may be, whatever accomplishment, achievement we want to pursue, if we want to be successful in that, then we need to start by spiritually creating it first. And if the spirit feels emotion, then that's what we need to work with. So the process of spiritual creation is for us to truly close our eyes and envision within our mind everything that we want this grand vision to look like. And not just what we want it to look like, but how we want it to feel, the emotion that comes with that, that's tied with that. And feel free to follow the meditation that we have provided in our materials, in the meditation video that goes along with goal setting that will help walk you through this process so you can truly visualize what you want this grand vision to look like and feel like the emotion that comes with it. And that's one of the first steps to spiritual creation is being able to really envision it. And then we're gonna start working with the intellectual creation of it. That's when your mind goes to work and you pull out a paper and a pen and you start jotting down, draw it out, what you want it to look like, draw it out what you visualized, jot down ideas, jot and and do it as many times as you need to. Some people may only need to visualize it a few times. Some people may need to visualize it every morning. It's up to you and follow what you feel inspired to do. But I guarantee you that this is one of the factors in our goal setting formula is that if it was inspired by God, he will guide you through the process of how to accomplish it. Once we have this grand vision of what we want to accomplish and we've begun working on the spiritual creation of it, and then we've put our intellect to work and we've started writing down and researching and, and doing the things that we need to, to come up with a plan of the best way to accomplish it so that we can set those goals, those individual milestones that will move us towards accomplishing this grand vision. Remember, those goals we're setting are tools that are going to work for us. We are not working for the goal. The goal is not the master, the goal is a servant to us that helps us accomplish and get to what we want to become or what we want to achieve. 
So if you ever feel as if you were in bondage to a goal, then something's not right and something needs to stop and you need to use that intellect to stop and reevaluate and identify what is incorrect in the process and remove those things that are incorrect and line things back up in the correct order and in the correct way, the truly the divine way that God uses. Having that grand vision from God is really a calling. It's an assignment that he's giving you and you get to choose if you want to follow and move forward on it or if you don't. But this is what I'm going to tell you. If you choose not to accept a calling from God, you will not receive the spiritual blessing that comes from following that calling. And I want to make this very clear. The spirit is what feels emotion. Anytime that we are willing to follow a spiritual assignment or a spiritual prompting or spiritual calling that comes from God that we feel internally, Anytime we're willing to follow that, the spiritual blessing that it's, is attached is happiness. That is why happiness is one of our elements of successful goal setting. It will come naturally. If we accept the calling or the instruction or the assignment from heaven, our spirit will automatically receive the attached blessing. And the attached blessing is happiness. Now I want to back up and say the opposite is true as well. If we deny that divine calling and we turn it down, we will receive the spiritual consequence for rejecting that divine calling or that divine assignment. And that spiritual consequence is the opposite of happiness. Usually it's depression or something that's a very negative emotion. So if you felt like you've been in a state of feeling pretty low for a while and not feeling good, it's a good time to stop and back up and identify if there was something that you felt inspired that God was asking you to do and you rejected the calling or you rejected the assignment and thus did not qualify for the spiritual blessing of happiness that comes with it. I want to share a story right here real quick. This is personal experience that when um, my children were becoming close to the age where they were going to start kindergarten, I very much felt a calling come from heaven, very inspired straight to my spirit that I was to homeschool. And I did not want to do that. I was scared to do that. I knew that it was going to be different. I didn't want to do something different than what mainstream was doing. And I did a lot of research and started trying to get opinions from all sorts of different people and different schools and, and finally decided not to follow it. And I tell you, that was the first time ever in my life I felt depressed, ever. And it lasted for six weeks. And my daughter was in kindergarten at public school for six weeks. As soon as we removed her from public school, and I told God, yes, I will homeschool. The windows of heaven truly opened up and happiness flooded in more than I had felt. His blessings of happiness far outweighed what I felt even before he ever even asked me to homeschool and I had rejected it. And that was one of the first times that I began to identify this pattern that happiness always came along with obedience. So I submit that to you and I encourage you to, to test it out, to try it and see, and see if that really truly works. This goes along with our first podcast on what is truth and the formula that we shared to identify truth. And one of those factors is to take something, and if you think it may or may not be true, Take it and just experiment on it. See. So 
I encourage you, if you have had a prompting or if you felt the spiritual calling and you've rejected it and you've been down or depressed for a while, I encourage you to go to God, tell him you are sorry that you rejected that. And this story reminds me of Jonah so much because I felt like my whole experience of rejecting homeschool was my Jonah, was my Jonah experience where I said, no way, I'm not going to Nineveh. And I went, turned around the other direction, went and jumped in a ship and then got in that ship and went through a miserable experience before I finally decided, yeah, I'm going to head to, I'm going to head to Nineveh and I'm going to smile and be happy along the way. And I don't know, I mean, obviously we don't know how Jonah's story ended up, ended up working out. But I do know that for me, I very much felt happiness and found happiness when I decided to accept the calling and accept the calling wholeheartedly. And the happiness came in and flooded in. And I've proven that multiple times since then in my own experiences. The next thing is in our formula is that we show that there will be energy. And there have been so many times that I've set goals that were not inspired. It may have been a goal that I was listening to what somebody else was doing. Oh, I have a perfect example. I have a good friend who's one of the most motivated mothers that I've ever met in my whole life, ever. She has sacrificed so much for her children. And I remembered listening to her and I, and she was saying that she would wake up at four in the morning and do some of her own spiritual study. And I think she woke her kids up at 4.30 or maybe she woke them up at five and they would all do a workout together as a family. And I remembered hearing that and thinking that I wasn't, good enough. I hear, hear, here was this idea that was coming into my intelligence. It wasn't an uplifting idea, but I hung on to it that told me that I wasn't good enough. And obviously there was an emotion that was attached with that as well. But I hung on to it and thought, I need to be getting up at 4.30. And so I did. I started getting up at 4.30 and it was not something that I was energized to do. That alarm would go off and I would dread it. I would go to bed at night and some days I'd get in, night, in bed definitely later than I needed to if it was if I was getting up at four in the morning and I would dread that I had to get up. I promise you, if you have any feelings of dread with the goals you set or your grand vision, then something's an idea is not there or something came in that wasn't inspired. And take the time. Take the time. Don't go down the path very long with those feelings. Take the time to stop and mentally and intellectually evaluate what things are really bothering you or what things are making you feel like you're imprisoned to this goal. And that was when this goal was became the master. It was a master over me rather than me using the goal as a tool that was going to move me forward. And when I finally identified that and realized that was what someone else was inspired to do. And I'm trying to take the inspiration she received and apply it to me. And I'm not receiving the blessings that are attached because that wasn't the calling that God gave to me. So I, I can't receive the blessings that are attached of happiness. So when we are truly following and working towards a grand vision and setting goals that will lead us towards that grand vision, we will have the energy to do it. It will not drain us. We will actually be very energized and not only energized, but we'll receive inspiration all along the way of how to accomplish it. The next important factor to implement when we follow God's creation process, and here we are trying to create this grand vision. So as we follow his process, God always includes opposition. There is opposition in all things. If we do not make opposition part of our original plan, part of and incorporate it when we set our goals, then we are going to run into some heartache along the way. Because as soon as that opposition comes in, we're going to feel like a failure. 
or we're going to think, what in the world? This is a huge roadblock. How do I, what do I do? This wasn't part of the plan. I'm failing. And when we have that as part of our plan from the get-go, when it comes, we recognize, all right, here's the opposition. And opposition has a very important role to play because it does something very important for us. And the thing it does is it makes us stronger. It makes us smarter. It gives us knowledge and it makes us more creative. Whenever we run into a roadblock, we have to stop and figure out how do we get around it? What am I supposed to learn from this? And when we stop, let's say we're, we're hiking up this mountain and there's this huge boulder and we have to figure out how to get over this thing or how to, how to go under it, how to go around it. What can we do? We have to start thinking outside of the box and we have to start really seeking for inspiration, but putting a lot of work in ourselves intellectually and spiritually to figure out how to overcome this opposition. And when we do finally get all the way up and over it or tunnel around it or go or take the long route to go all the way around it, whatever thing we do, we come and we overcome that opposition, whatever that big roadblock was, we overcome it. And suddenly we have far more conditioned muscles because we had to work a lot harder. We have a smarter, keener mind because we had to come up with with more ideas and understand things that we needed to, principles we needed to understand to be able to overcome it. And we're more creative. We're able to think outside the box and then we have more experience. And then we can see other people who are facing the roadblocks and we can be a source of encouragement to them and saying, do you know what? There's always something good that comes out of having opposition in the way. There's always something good that comes out of a roadblock. But if we don't expect that from the get-go, we might run into that roadblock and we might stop. We might run into that roadblock and throw up our hands in the air and think, okay, why is this not working? I didn't encounter this. And we may sit down and feel bad about it and not move forward. We may turn around and go back the other direction. And we may abandon the very calling that God gave us. So expecting and incorporating opposition into our plan right from the get-go brings us a step closer to doing things God's way. So I want you to understand that it is well in God's interest to give us opposition because he knew that whatever opposition we encountered, if we did not give up, if we looked at it as an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to become better, that it would give us those very traits that we needed that would allow us to become like him. It would give us the traits of divinity. It would give us wisdom. It would give us experience. It would give us knowledge. It would make us stronger. It would make us more creative. It would make us more compassionate in recognizing other people who are encountering their opposition or their roadblocks. The final factor that we can count on, and this comes from Nephi chapter 3, and I love this one because so many of us have memorized this scripture. I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded, for I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he hath commanded them. I hope I didn't mess that up. I just said it from memory. <laughs> should have looked it up and read it correctly. But what Nephi is saying here is that if God gives us an inspiration, he gives us a calling, he gives us something that he's asking us to do, some kind of assignment, just like we're talking about this goal setting formula, that if he gives us that, he will provide a way for us to accomplish it. There will be mercy and there will be miracles that will take place for us to accomplish the very thing that he's calling us to accomplish, even in spite of the roadblocks. 
And Nephi's experience when he went back to go get the plates shows that perfectly. He ran into roadblocks multiple times. And yet there was a miraculous way that God blessed him that he could accomplish the very thing that he wanted him to. Nephi is giving us some of the elements that we need right here to be able to set goals and to be able to achieve goals according to correct and, and eternal spiritual principles. If God has called us to do it, then it can absolutely 100% be in our formula that he will provide merciful blessings that will help us and allow us to accomplish the very thing, even in spite of whatever opposition comes along the way. And for us to believe that requires a lot of faith. So there's mercy there, then no matter what will be part of the goal setting formula, but it requires faith to actually believe it. So this is where I want to end. And I want to bear my testimony that I know that if God is calling you to do it and you have the willingness to be obedient, you will be blessed with happiness and you will be blessed with the energy to accomplish it. I know that without a doubt. If you expect opposition and you meet that opposition, knowing that that opposition is going to make you better and that there's a reason that it's there and that something very good is going to come out of that opposition, as long as you embrace it and you do all that you can to use that opposition as a tool that's going to help you become better and help you learn and help you grow. And finally, have the faith and trust that if God called you to do it, he will help you accomplish it. There will be merciful things all along the way or miracles that will allow you to accomplish the very thing that he's called you to do. I feel qualified for what you're calling me to Lord, with your strength, I've got